So this morning, the Croatian parents' areas are functioning. However, there are a number of kids in the service today. So I've actually written my message for all us big kids. Okay, so I will keep it short, but I do want to encourage all us kids of all ages to listen because whether you are very young or whether you're just a big kid at heart, I know God wants to say something to all of us this morning. But before we start, I would like us to just take a time, just, just a few moments, just to stop and thank God. Because he is good to us. And so often we start a year, we're in holiday mode, and then it's rush, rush, rush. But I want us just to stop for a moment. You've got the verses on the screen. And let's just thank God for his amazing goodness. And, and just start thinking, you know, the fact that you're alive, salvation, you've got air to breathe, you've got clothes on your body. You've had a holiday, if you've had a holiday. If you haven't, that you've got a job. You've got an amazing family. Let's just stop for 30 seconds. Just, just thank God. God, I thank you. You know, we truly do have an amazing God. And being thankful or grateful makes a big difference to the way we look at the day that's ahead of us, or the week, or even the year. It could be a great New Year's resolution to be thankful, to start every day by thanking God. Maybe it's a resolution that you want to set for yourself. would be a pretty good one. I'm sure it'll help pretty much every day of this year, 2015. But while I was preparing this message, I, I thought of something, and I did because I've already thought of this, but I wondered, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, how many of us actually thank God for his word? In that time, how many of us actually thank God for his word, for his personal love letter to us, for this book that gives us instructions for life? I think we easily take it for granted and not read it like we should. You know, it could be a great news resolution as well, to read the Bible every day, to actually do it every day. However, to be honest, I don't want to focus on resolutions. That's a bit of a cliche. I actually want this morning to look at a story, perhaps one of my favorite Bible stories, which is a little bit obscure, and I've loved it since I was a kid. It's a story of betrayal and forgiveness, a story of not giving up on people, and not giving up on yourself or writing off your future just because you've made a few bad decisions in the past. You know, one reason I really like this story is because it's not so obvious. It's kind of hidden, but it's such a powerful story. But before we get there, I want to do the biggest sword drill the church has ever seen. Okay, so kids, that's including the big kids this morning. I want you to get your Bibles out. Okay, now I'm not going to ask you to... um, to read out the passage if you find it, but I'm looking for the fastest kids here this morning and see if you can find this passage. So where we're going to be focusing on today, ready? 
Philemon 1 verse 1. If you find it, i got four Snickers bars that I want to give away. You just have to stand up once you've found it. Philemon 1 verse 1. Who's standing up? Oh, look at all these big kids. Where's all the little kids? Come on, I want to give some Snickers. Philemon. Oh, look at all these big kids standing up. Any little kids? Any children? Okay, ready? I'm going to have to throw it right at the back there. You're watching? You're going to catch? Oh, I was down the aisle, so I didn't hit anyone. Oh, down the front here. That's good. Yeah, there we go. Anyone else behind you? And one over there. Okay, there we go. I've got my four. Okay, I don't want to hit you, so you have to come out into the aisle, you know. Oh, do you want to come down the front here? I don't want to hurt anyone, you see. This could really damage somebody in the forehead. Be a bit like David and Goliath, you know. Like, Here, Dan, you catch. Oh, oh, that was a bad throw. It's all right, I'm on holiday. It's all good. Okay, we're in Philemon. So for you who don't have a Bible, I've got the verse up on screen because we're going to look at Philemon this morning. So we're going to start in verse 8. The first part I'm going to read from the Message Bible because it just picks up the story a little bit better. So ready? Philemon, well, it's chapter 1 because there's only one chapter, but just reading together from verse 8. In line with all of this, I have a favor to ask of you. As Christ's ambassador and now a prisoner for him, I wouldn't hesitate to command this if I thought it necessary, but I'd rather make it a personal request. While here in jail, I've I've fathered a child, so to speak, and here he is, hand-carrying this letter, Onesimus. He was useless to you before. Now he is useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, but it feels like I'm cutting off my right arm in doing so. Now verse 12. I wanted in the worst way to keep him here as your stand-in, to help out while I'm in jail for the message. But I didn't want to do anything behind your back, make you, a good, make you do a good deed that you hadn't willingly agreed to. Verse 15. Maybe it's all for the best that you lost him for a while. You're getting him back now for good. And no mere slave this time, but a true Christian brother, that when he was with me, he'll... He'll be even more than he was with you. Now changing over to the New King James for verse 17. And then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he was wronged, you, but, but if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand, and I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. This is because Paul himself led Philemon to the Lord. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I say to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that your presence is here in this place. And I just ask that as we dive into your word as we look into this amazing story in Philemon, that you'll speak clearly and personally to us. God, I ask that not only will we hear what you're saying to us individually, God, but we'll not just be hearers, but doers of the word. God, today we'll hear and we'll be intentional with what you say, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now that we've read that passage, 
I've actually got a short video clip that will help clearly illustrate what we've just read. I think it will help all of us understand what we've just read. So watch the screens. Some of you will be thinking, I've read the book of Philemon many times. I never understood that. And kids, I hope you really understand what the book is all about. I just love the story. So what can we learn from the story of Philemon? Well, for me, possibly the main thrust that as I was preparing this, that I really felt God stirring in my heart was to renew a passion for his word. Because inside our Bibles, whether they're sitting next to our bed, in the lounge, or sitting on some bookshelf somewhere gathering dust, are some amazing stories and parables and verses that can speak into our daily lives. But you know, we actually have to open up the book. It does no good if it's sitting on the shelf or sitting next to your bed. You know, maybe like I said, for some of us, we've read the book of Philemon many times, but we've never really understood what was actually written below those verses. Maybe God wants some of us to start reading, but not just reading the word, like reading the words on the page, but actually studying, actually diving deep into the scripture and finding out what God is actually saying. I even go as far as to say, do some of us need to ask for forgiveness this morning and say, God, I'm sorry for not treating the word like I should, for really even ignoring what you've said. Because I know inside these 66 books, God has left us all the encouragement, all the wisdom, and all the direction we will ever need. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, I've said it here a few times before, and seeing this actually happen on the farms. Reading the word is like cows chewing cud. We can't just skim read it and just swallow it. Because it doesn't do us that good. We need to read it and think about it and mull it over and, and really get the goodness out of it. That's when we really understand. We even need to find the verses that God's saying and go, what else is in here? Maybe you need to jump on the internet and Google and go, what does that verse really mean? Open up some different commentaries and find out. What is God really saying to you? You know, Jesus said a few times in the Gospels, he who has ears, let him hear. Maybe we need to be saying, he who has eyes, let him see. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I know God is speaking. And the truth is God wants to speak every day to us. But we have to open it. We have to actually open the book. You know, for this year, if you want an amazing promise, Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. And here's why we should do it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I don't know about you, but I want that to be so true of 2015. I want it to be prosperous. I want it to be successful. Well, you know what God's saying? Read the book. Get into the book, because then we will see those promises happen. God cannot lie. He said it. So maybe, as we dive into Philemon, God's stirring you to get back into the book like you used to. Or maybe to actually find out the treasures that are hidden inside these pages. But what else is inside this passage? Well, there's three characters in this book 
of Philemon. So first, we've got the Apostle Paul. You'll see his face on the screen. The one who wrote the book from prison. But he was also the one who led both the other characters to Christ. Then you've got Philemon, the rich guy, who had a a big enough house to hold the whole church at Colossae inside of it. And he was the one who received the letter and owned a few slaves. Now, it was back in Bible times, so we're not saying whether that was right or wrong, but that's part of the story. And then, of course, we have Onesimus. Onesimus was Philemon's runaway slave. And I think there's something we can learn from each one of these three characters. So, of course, let's start with Apostle Paul. And for me, the key verse for him was Philemon 1, verse 10. And this is what it says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. Or the message translation says, I have fathered a child, so to speak. Now, of course, he didn't actually birth Onesimus. But spiritually speaking, he fathered him. He brought him to Christ. You know, for many of us who have been Christians years, even decades, we quickly look at people like Onesimus and write them off. We say, oh, they can become Christians, but that'll be it. They'll, they'll struggle just to walk the Christian life. We look at them and go, the mistakes they've made, the past. But, you know, God doesn't look that way. He doesn't see that. And he certainly doesn't think that about any of us this morning. You know, think about the Munich primary school teacher who told 10-year-old Albert Einstein, you will never amount to very much. Or even worse decision, the executive at Decca Record Company, who has obviously gone bust because they were not very good, who said to the 60s group, we will not offer you a contract. The Beatles. Some of us big kids know who they are. Some of us little kids probably go, who they aren't Beatles, just little creatures, but anyway. <laughs> if you call Church Unlimited home, you'll have a passion to see people saved. The truth is new Christians need spiritual fathers and mothers, like Paul was to Onesimus. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 15 says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. Paul saw Onesimus for who he could be, a child of the king, somebody who had huge potential, not what he was, a runaway slave. He shared Jesus with him, but didn't leave it there. He looked after him like a son. We can all be spiritual fathers and mothers to those who are younger than us in the faith. If it wasn't for Paul's desire to leave a lasting legacy, not only would we not have the book of Philemon, but you know what else? Onesimus may have never got saved, and even if he did, he probably would have never reached the potential or fulfilled the plan that God had called for him. But what did Paul say about Onesimus again when he was sending him back to Philemon? It feels like you're cutting off my right arm. That's how much he loved him. That's how much he had a heart for him. And I guess that's what it would be like being a real spiritual father or mother. I can relate to it a little bit now. You know the joy you feel when you see Zach or or Emma actually learning something? And you're like, finally, right now we're having quite a battle with Zach about one area of training. And 
it, it really gets you down. But the days that he makes some progress, you're so excited. And I, and I think the truth is that excitement we can feel about Christians around us, who we can father, who we can bring forward. You know, we all need somebody older and wiser in the Christian faith to help us, or even just to walk alongside us. So I want to encourage you all, get somebody and father them, support them, encourage them, help them. This is a huge need in the body of Christ. Let's follow Paul's example with Onesimus. I know I would not be here today without a number of spiritual fathers and mothers that I have in my life. So there we've got Apostle Paul. Let's move on to Philemon. You know, back in the day, it was very common if a slave ran away and they found him, do you know what they'd do? They'd kill him straight away. And if they had a little bit of a heart, you know what they'd do? They'd get a hot iron and brand them with the letter F on their forehead. F for fugitive. Philemon had a choice to act as it was customary in that day, to deal with Onesimus harshly or to treat him differently. If someone had betrayed you, if somebody has stolen from you, how would you respond? If a friend or family member had done you wrong, would we follow Philemon's example and not writing them off forever, but forgiving them and then even helping them? You know, no one is beyond the life-changing power of Jesus. From all accounts, Philemon quickly forgave Onesimus. Very quickly. And he moved on. You know, we have a choice most days to act or react as society would expect us to, or to live in obedience to how God has instructed us all to live. You know, for me, Philemon gives us a great example. Not just of forgiveness, but also of obedience. He obeyed Jesus' teaching and forgave. He obeyed what his leader Paul had asked him to do. And he did it. You know, I love what Paul said of him in verse 21. Philemon, because he knows, he commends Philemon, because he knows he will do more than what was asked of him. Pastor Tux preached those messages about second-mile Christians. We all know some of them who can't wait to be asked by God to do something. You know, Brian Bailey, in his commentary on Philemon, talks about the fact that there's millions of Christians in the world and God asks us, God chooses you to do something for him. And so often, you know what we do? So often we put so many conditions in the way before we'll do anything for God. God asks us to serve in the children's church, but no, oh, not till you do this, this, and this, and this. But Brian Bailey goes on and says, we should consider it an absolute privilege and honor to be asked to do something for God. We should be excited to be able to be, like we call it, a full-time minister for God, wherever he has called us. You know, obedience has become a dirty word. People even take it out of their marriage vows these days. But Philemon shows us that if we obey, if we have that attitude, that God can really work in and through us. Now, of course, the last person in the story is Onesimus. Many of us were once like Onesimus, a runaway slave, that got radically saved, then restored to his master. But you know, his story doesn't end there, and this is where you don't see it in Scripture. But if you study, you find out. Onesimus later became a pastor and was known as the bishop or leader of the church in Ephesus. 
His story is an encouraging account of the radical, life-changing power of Jesus Christ. We all have paths. Most of us have done silly things, maybe worse than silly. As humans, we tend to write ourselves and others off because of bad choices. But God's kingdom doesn't work that way. You know, I still find it funny when I, I meet people who come to the church who've been living in Australia or somewhere else, and they were, used to be in the youth group with me, and they come and shake my hand and go, oh, so what are you doing now? And I, I tell them what I'm doing, and they look on their face. And then I tell them that I married Jody, and they, they, they're just like, really? <laughs> but God's forgiveness, God's grace, God's power, he can't write, you can't write yourself off. You can't write anyone off because God's power can change anyone. You know, there are a few young people in the youth right now. When I was a youth pastor, they were probably a lot younger. And, and people would come to me and they'd write them off. Oh, man, I, I hope they just stay saved through their teenage years. You know, and, and that was the kind of the attitude. But I would be saying, no, no, that person's called. That person's anointed. And you know what? I just love it. Just, I just love seeing their potential. I love seeing some of them really emerging. It was because they're focused on Jesus. They put as Christian their walk with God first. See, not only did Paul see the potential in Onesimus, but he equipped him on the journey to find out what God had made him for, so that he would become very profitable. It's really interesting. In verse 11, Paul uses a play on words because Onesimus' name, actually means profitable. And so when he was saying he was unprofitable, but now is profitable, he was actually saying he used to not be who he was, but now he's who he was called to be. See, Onesimus' story inspires me. It should inspire us all that no matter what has happened in the last year, in 2014, or what happened even in the last decade, should not stop you from the bright future that you've got ahead of you. Because we all have bright futures in God. With God on our side as part of our team, 2015 is going to be a great year. We are called as Christians to be the head and not the tail. We're called to be above and not beneath. God actually wants you to reign in life. But if you keep looking at your past and say, I can't do that, I'll never be able to do that, then you're not seeing what is actually written in the book. You're not understanding what God has called you to be. You know, there are people here this morning who need to know the story of Onesimus. They need to know what God did in his life. Like Jeremiah says, God has a wonderful plan for you, a bright future ahead of you. You know, the truth is I could share so much more because there's a lot more in the book, but we need to wrap it up. What has God whispered to you this morning? Has this look at the book of Philemon stirred you to say, man, there must be something in the scriptures that I need to be finding every morning? Maybe the Holy Spirit is encouraging you to take seriously the responsibility of being a spiritual father or mother to those around you. You know, people have huge potential, but we need to help and encourage them. Maybe it's the whole act of forgiving Someone around you who you are just like, man, they did me so wrong. But we need to release them because it's hurting us more. Maybe it's Philemon's obedience and his attitude of feeling privileged to be asked to do something for God. Because you know what? 
God has something for every one of us to do in 2015. It's really true. We can all grow in our desire to be obedient for God. As the musicians come, the story of Philemon is truly an inspirational, life-changing story. I pray that in learning about Onesimus, God has given you hope. God has given you an a great anticipation for a bright future, for a fulfilling year, a successful 2015. Because the truth is, that is what God has got waiting for all of us. Amen.